Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere tolerated. If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with life. It's just whole essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose.
is going to show you exactly who they are. And they're going to be coming up. We're going to take a quick uh break for a second um, as we run through um, some information um, with our guests. So y'all hang out with us for a quick break, and we'll be right back. Have you heard? Sponsorships are requested. Coffee Talk with Soy is looking for dynamic entrepreneurs like yourself. If you're motivated, energetic with a message or product, consider advertising with us. It's a win-win. For more information on those advertising and sponsorship packages, visit the website Coffee Talk with Soy or call me at 515-I-GOT-SOY. And again, that's 515-I-GOT-SOY. a little bit about her before we get started. No loss for words, the breast cancer conversation. No loss for words, the breast cancer conversation. Our guest today is a dynamic mother of two. Mother of two. Beautiful woman. I found her on social media, and I looked at her page. And um, when I tell you this woman don't look like what she's been through, I tell you she does not look like what she's been through. She's strong. She's powerful. She has a presence. And and I'm going to call her brave. And you know what I'm going to call her brave? Because I feel that we all have a journey. We all have a purpose on, on earth. And she has accepted that and is walking in it. And it's not always the easiest thing to do, but she's walking in it, serving her purpose through the glory of God. Let me tell you that Dominique Mitchell is a single mother of two who was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer shortly after having her second child at 26. After aggressively fighting what could have ended her life, which was battling that cancer, she also battled depression after her treatment and had a hard time accepting her new body and her new life. Now, two and a half years later, y'all, she's using social media to inspire others affected by breast cancer by showing her mastectomy scars as a way of showing women there is life and beauty after cancer. Let's welcome to the cafe the amazing, phenomenal, courageous Dominique Mitchell. Good morning, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You said, I'm good. Good morning. Oh, wow. You're so welcome. We're, we're glad to have you here, honey. We're glad to have you here. So, how, how was your day? How's the weather in Detroit? You're in Detroit, you all. How's the weather in Detroit? It is chilly. It's cold. Yeah, it's it's good and cold out there today. <laughs> Definitely need a coat. <laughs> I don't know how y'all do it up here. I, I left DC and moved here because I wanted warm weather. I don't know how y'all do it up there with that cold weather. You just get used to it, you know. You just get you get used to having that coat and seeing all the seasons. Sometimes in one week, you see all the seasons, and that's not even being dramatic. <laughs> Well, you know what? You know, you know one thing they say: you you set something, you hit it on, you adapt, right? You adapt. You do. That's what you do. You adapt. All right, so so Dominique, uh, I'm glad to have you here. We are so honored to have you. It's been a blessing to have you on the show, and thank you for being so courageous to, to tell your story and to trust in this platform to get your message out there. So, so tell us um, a little bit about how you became aware that uh, you were um, a breast cancer patient. How did that happen for you? Well, I was I became aware that I was a breast cancer patient because I was breastfeeding my daughter, and one breast wouldn't go back to normal, 
So I assumed it was milk. So I did prolong seeing my doctor longer than I should have. Transparency, there it is. Um, eventually, you know, that lump never went away. So I just decided to go and find out if I had a cyst or a clogged milk duct. And after seeing my doctor, he felt it and immediately sent me to get a mammogram. He said it was not milk and it wasn't a cyst. And he said I needed to get a mammogram as soon as possible. And that's where he left it. He left it right there. Oh, okay, okay. And so you want to get that as soon as possible. All right. And so yes, the next week. And what did that reveal for you? Well, um, when you get the mammogram, those are just, they're not, they can't diagnose. So you just see it. And what I saw was my normal breast that looked, you know, what you would expect the breast to look like. And the other one wasn't the right shape. It was spots all over it. It was masses all in it, and I knew something was wrong. And they told me that it could look like cancer, but because of my age, which was 26, it maybe it's not cancer. That's that's what the people at the mammogram place told me. And then after coming back for biopsy and ultrasound, by the end of that month, that was July of 2015, they, I was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. And how old were your were your kids at the time? You had both children by now. Yes, my daughter was one. She had just turned one in June, so she was barely like she was just learning really how to walk. And my son was seven. Oh my god! So it was um, it was a lot to adjust with them. A lot. I was still adjusting with having two kids. <laughs> I was still kind of figuring that out, and um. And we got that diagnosis, and that changed things once again. When you're when you were diagnosed, and um, you learned that you had to go through treatment, um, so let's let's. I'm only gonna not that I'm minimizing the story, but I want to focus on what you feel is most important about your journey. So let's of course walk them through. Um, what your treatment plan was like, and then we're going to talk about what what made your journey different from other breast cancer um, patients. So let's talk quickly about what what that journey was like for you. So you started you started did you did you do chemo and radiation? Was that your choice of uh, regimen? I did chemo, the mastectomy, then radiation, all three. And how long were you in that order? Um, so it's weird because you said what? In that order, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, yeah, in that order. <laughs> that order matters because, ooh, so uh, chemo was six months of a, it was like every three weeks for six treatments of a very harsh chemo and then a year of a mild chemo. And then it was, um, the surgery was after, they gave me a few weeks to heal from chemo to get my, you know, strength back up. Got my surgery that February, and then radiation started in the spring after the mastectomy. So it, it all went, the whole situation went the course of like a year, and a, about a year and a half, give or take, just just getting to the end of radiation. And you made a decision to have your breast removed when and why. Yes. Well, when they sat me down in the office um, and and I got my diagnosis, they said I only had to get rid of one breast. And I told her, well, why would I keep the other one? And she said, well, there's no cancer in that one right now, so we can just just try to make them look symmetric and we'll keep one. And I said, no, we can just get rid of both because I'm 26. I don't want to sit here for the rest of my long life because we speak it into existence the rest of my long life. I don't want to sit here and wait for cancer to come to the other side. It's just a boob. We let it go. This one, you know, I, that that was just right away. That was my decision. I didn't even. It was never a thought to keep the right side. When the left had to go, the right had to go too. Wow. Well, I don't think I realized how big of a decision I was making though when I did that. I I just was thinking logically. I wasn't realizing what getting rid of your breast meant. 
if that makes any sense. I just knew it had to go. When you when you told this information to your um, parents, what what was their response to getting your what kind of support did you have um, from them about that? Well, when I told my my uh, family that that's what I was going to do, they were one proud that I was ready to make that decision off the first day of finding out that I had it. But excuse me, they were very supportive. They said that's so smart and that's that's so brave that you're going to do that, and if you, especially when you don't have to. But they said it, it makes sense because I I don't want to live with worry. I feel like that is worse. Than trying to make, than trying to look normal, it's, it's worse to worry that that other side is going to get cancer too. Okay, so you here you are, brave soldier, mother too, doing what you got to do, trying to trying to survive, and you're under thirty at this age. Yes. Correct. One year under thirty. Okay. <laughs> what a way to welcome to your new right millennial life. But so you're under thirty at this time, and which is a Big milestone year coming up for you, and you are dealing with um, breast cancer. So now you've decided to remove both breasts. And when, when did you make right. this decision, and how was it for you to um, walk through the journey of having an implant, and, and, and what was that journey like for you? So um, the decision, I was diagnosed July 28th of 2015. So that decision was made that day. I never wavered on getting rid of both. Um, but when I actually, the surgery was actually February of 2016. So that's about you know, six, seven months after diagnosis date. And definitely waking up um, after a mastectomy and not knowing what to expect. Nobody can really explain that to you. I, I didn't have anyone that explained it to me, for me, so I woke up, and I just immediately wanted my mom, <laughs> like, right away, I'm like, I want my mom, I need her to come in here now, I didn't know what the rules were, I just saw one of my mommy next to me, and she came, and I just knew something was different, I just looked down, and the, the sheet was, like, flat, and that was traumatizing, I mean, you, I, went, I looked at myself before I went down, like, okay, bye, girls, that's literally when my mind's like, okay, this is it, and then to wake up, and they're gone, it's like, it's hard to put that into words, how that feels. It just was so many emotions, and I, I just felt so different. It was, it was, it's an amputation. I mean, you're losing something that you've been looking at for, that's been a part of you for, you know, most of your life. So um, they explained that I started the, the reconstruction process, which I didn't even understand at that time. But I'm like, okay, so right now I'm flat, and that's all I can see. And, and the reconstruction process is the process of giving you back um, breath, putting that right. back. Some right, some types of Right. And so you, you had agreed to that. Okay, so now the reconstruction yes. process, so what, what was happening? So they, they put these expanders in to stretch the skin, and that process is very painful. I don't think... I, up to the point that I got, I started expanding. I did not know that was going to be painful. I thought they told me I wouldn't feel anything in my breast anymore, but I didn't realize that they're going to be stretching your skin from flat to different cup sizes every week. So that was very, very, very painful, and, and I it just it's like under your muscles, so your muscles contract, and it it just it's a very it's a really painful process. I mean, do I regret it? No, I don't. Believe you should regret any part of your your process. That was part of my process, but I don't know if I would have known how painful that would be if I would have went into getting the reconstruction the way that I did, because it, it added at least another month of pain, just straight pain. Um, and I that that wasn't that wasn't fun. Okay. And so, with, with the reconstruction process of in, um, doing doing the implant, there. Um, came a time in that process where it was um, time for you to add your, I think this is the last part of that process, Dominic, where you're adding the nipples and, and all of that. Is that, is that the final yes. phase? Uh, that That's the final phase, yep. 
Now, uh, now uh, I don't know if you all have visited her on our website, but some of you saw the cover. For those of you who are joining us on Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much for participating. There are images showing, and you see in pictures of, of Dominique. Um, she is the woman with the lipless breast. And for those of you who are on Facebook Live, tuning in with us, thank you so much. And if you decide to call in, that number is 347-855-8743. So you you can join us and and listen in as well. Or there is a link on the website and on the Facebook where you can listen um, by audio only as well. So we have various ways for you to join the show because we don't even miss the show. But I do want you to see her picture so that you can follow us along as she talks in detail about what this journey is. Was was like. So most women, Dominique, they they want rest, they want to look and feel like a woman. And at some point, you decided that you didn't want the nipples, and and that you were going to stop your process there. What 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 caused you to make such a decision um, as that? So when it was time for me to get the nipple tattoo, um, I had the appointment set. I was about to go and I. I don't remember who it was that I spoke with, but I just remember talking about it, and they said, yeah, well, then you'll look, you know, you're going to be normal. You'll look normal again. And that did not sit right with me because I already knew that this was just going to be a tattoo, a good tattoo, but a tattoo, and it was never going to replace the feeling. It was never going to replace even the look. It, It just was going to be a tattoo that would look normal to someone else, but I would never feel n- normal. And I say normal just because that's just the only word that I have. I don't like the word normal. <laughs> it wasn't my normal. It wasn't what I was used to. I decided that I wasn't going to do it, I, and I knew that I wanted to um, do what I do now. I wanted to blog. I wanted to show women my chest. I wanted to make this such a reality to people because I'm I'm not the expected breast cancer face. Um, I know when I was sick, it was hard for me to find somebody like me that was talking about it and showing it. And once you add the nipple to it, it just kind of takes away from the message. And, and that's my opinion. It's not just my opinion. I know everybody has their own opinion, but in my opinion, it takes away from my message. And I, I don't want to hide the fact that I have breast cancer. As me, I want to, like, charge at it. Head, head on, like, this is what I have, and I'm okay with it, and I'm not trying to cover it up, and I don't want to look like society's normal. This, I want people to accept my normal. And that was why I decided not to get the nipple. And then after making such a courageous and different decision as that, you um, decided to be a model and, um, and, to, and to show what, what this looks like. Um, as a matter of fact, you all, uh, Dominique does a series called The, the Listless Bombshell. <laughs> and so tell us, tell us about that, Dominique. So when I was uh, when I was getting better, and this is it's all from social media, and this is, I know there are women my age do what I'm about to say that I did, but I would see these pages, these really beautiful women, like, and they would call them bombshells, and it's all these different bombshell pages. And I'm looking like... You know, there there's no place for me on there. Like, I don't I don't fit in with these women. I just I I don't know what their message is. Like, I don't know. So, I looked at myself and I looked at my first photo shoot and when I saw like the the edits and they came back and I was like, I this is this is bombshell material. <laughs> I'm just a different type of bombshell. And I see a bombshell just a very confident woman. It's a very um, Either makeup or not, it's not about makeup, but just just beautiful, just and knows that she's beautiful and knows that she has a presence in this world, and I wanted to be that. And part of what gave me the confidence is really part of what took it away, and that was that the whole breast cancer affected me, that whole thing. So it's like I am going to a bombshell because you can be a bombshell after you go through this. This this can this is possible. It's not it's not easy, but it is possible, and that's where the whole Naples bombshell came from. <laughs> One of the things that I'm learning that a lot of women feel about um, breast cancer is, and, and is that there is so much of an emotional uh, disconnect from 
was not having their breath. And we, we hear, we glimpse through commercials and kind of hear it from um, third party. But today is an opportunity for us to hear it firsthand. And, and that's why I called this the breast cancer conversation, no loss of words. And again, I, I, I tell you, I appreciate you being candid on the show. And I appreciate you trusting me and trusting this platform to represent your story as best you can tell it. So I hope that I am supporting you uh, in, in, in doing that as we move deeper into talking about what 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 it's like to live like that with with with, with the scar. I mean, we all have scars. We have scars, and all, all of our scars are the story. Some people have the emotional scars, and but when you have a physical scar, that not only do you know it, but everyone that sees you see the scar. How do you how do you deal with that? Um, look, looking at yourself with the scars, being visible to other people with the scars, what does this do for you or to you? Well, for me, uh, in the beginning, I definitely could not. I didn't deal with looking at the scars well. And it's, it is true that I, I like that you said that, that we all have scars, in the, some internal, some external. And the the only thing that's common about everyone's scars is that they are our own and we either have to own them or they take us over. You know, and I wasn't owning mine at first. I was so, it, it was just so hard to look at the new me and even say this is me. Like, you think when you're better, you go back to normal. Because, you know, when you get a flu, you get better, and you go back to normal, right? <laughs> this, you get better, and you're kind of like, you don't have any hair, and your your breasts are gone, and your eyebrows are gone, and you're just like, what? How is this better than before? It is it, just really hard to accept. There was no, there was nothing that I did, you know, there, it's like, you think of consequences, right? But there was nothing that I did to cause a consequence, and I couldn't, I just was having a very hard time coming to reality that this was going to be the rest of my life and that it wasn't going to change. Your hair goes back, your eyebrows kind of go back, your breasts, they're not coming back. And as crazy, it sounds, I don't know how it sounds to everyone else to say that, but like, when I realized I wasn't going back to normal after everything that you go through when you're when you're treating yourself, it just seemed it seemed very unfair. And then I, it was like a why me type of thing, and I changed my why me, why not me? I, I'm strong enough to do this. I'm strong enough to be a testimony for women that are going through this. And that was that's how I I fight it. I fight it by fighting with other women and, and helping other women accept it. And I know I can't make it better because it it just it sucks. There's no other word for it. It's, I'm not gonna lie and say there's some magic way to fight it, but I wanna make. I wanna help them accept themselves just that that little bit better. Whether it's a conversation, whether it's us texting, whether it's you know, you need a platform for me to show you, or is, is there something from my treatment that I can show you to make it easier for you, or I can tell you. That's what I wanted to be, and that's how I decided to face my scars and face what I've been through. How did, how does your family feel about you taking um, those photos, um, showing showing your breasts and, and showing the scars? How do they? How do they? How do they, how do they I, feel I, that? How do they? I laugh because um, anybody that knows like my family, there is no one in my family that would dare. Okay, so when I put when I I, I didn't really talk about. It. I kind of just was like, hey mom, I posted this today. Like look at this. And she's just like, oh, okay, because my, my mom is very conservative. Like, she's very <laughs> – she she didn't want to be mean, and I know that was hard for her to, to see because that's, that's, like, that's very different from our, like, our normal. So when I did it, she's like, oh, okay, all right, honey. But, so what does this do for you? And she she was she asked me that, and that was the first time that anyone asked me that. And of course, it's your mom's, right? Mom always makes you deal with everything. She makes you accountable, right? So when she asked me what does it do for me, I said it it makes me deal with it. It helps me accept my new normal by making everybody accept it. And you know, then you get the people that say, well, what, you know, what if this is too much for someone? What if? What if my scars, you know, my healing is too much for someone that I'm not the person they should follow? And that's how I feel. If if me doing what I do to heal me and others is too much, then I'm not I'm not the blogger for you. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not the one for you. And that's okay. That's okay. Cause I'm not for everybody. I'm going to acquire a taste and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but I know for the people that I am for that I'm doing the right thing. And the people that need to see me, they find me. And that's, that's enough for me. But my family, oh yeah, it was definitely a shocker. The first few pictures were a shocker. And then I was like, what's next? You know, I get the photo shoots. We can't wait to see you. The people that love you, they, they fall in line and they support you. It might be a shocker at first, but they definitely, they all support me. And they all have my back. And I love it. How did you know this was for you to do this? How did you, did you feel um, ashamed? I mean, I'm sure you, did you think about it before you did it? Or was it just, um, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go forward, even if I have to take this journey alone or work? Uh, because I always think that. <laughs> That, that's it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal. Oh my gosh! My first picture, oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I when I took it, I was like crying. I, I'm like, I can't post this. You know, I can't put this up. This is like, this is stupid. Like, this is no, don't do this. And I, I really put, I kept like putting it, like adding the picture to my Instagram and deleting it, and then <laughs> and then adding it and then deleting it. And I just, I don't know, it was it was crazy. I was losing my mind. So I finally just was like, you know what? No, we're going to do it. And if, it, if it's that bad, I'll delete it tomorrow. And so I just shared it. I just put it up. And I literally was having anxiety attacks. It's like I was just so emotional about it because I knew I was being so vulnerable. I was being so transparent and just, it was just, it was huge. And somebody told me, you know, when you do things that are, that are monumental, you do things that are bigger than you, it is emotional and it should be, and that's okay. But it didn't feel wrong. Like, And when I got the response from other survivors and other, you know, caregivers of survivors, it was, it was such a good response. I'm like, okay, you did the right thing. And it still didn't get easy after that. When I did my first photo shoot, I was trembling. I was just like, I am here and this man is taking pictures of me with my shirt off and what am I doing? Like this where am I right now? And it just it just gets easier. And there's still a little bit of like like a little bit of excitement when you go, but it's not that same tears, emotional. But I knew I needed to do it. My spirit was screaming at me like, "Don't you better not take it off? Like you better keep going. You know you're supposed to do this." And I just kept going. I I, I always that's part of my message. If you feel something in your heart that you should do, you should do it. Don't don't fight what you feel because we know when we're supposed to do something. You you know it. You is you're dreaming about it. You're you. It's the first thing you think about when you wake up, and it's the last thing you think about when you go to bed. And that's what it was for me. So are you um, are you cancer free now? Are you in remission um, as of now? Yes, I'm in remission as of February 2016. So when they took my my breast. They had not found remission then because they did a scan and it was all gone. I still did radiation just to kind of like seal the deal, but it was all the cancer was gone. It was, it was my honest, after my second treatment, my tumors had shrank to almost nothing. So it was, chemo was very effective for me. And the mastectomy was just what had to happen so it didn't come back. And the radiation just kind of, you know, finished everything off. But I am in remission almost three years. Kudos, congratulations to you. Praise God to you. So the, the hardest thing so about breast cancer is knowing that um, it looks like, thank God, through the advancement of cancer, I mean, through the advancement of medicine, that um, tolerating chemo has become a lot better. Yes. But it's the, the aftermath, the, the having your breast removed, making a decision to, um, to, um, has implants, and then the process of getting the implants up here is, is, is very, very painful. It's nasty, yeah. It's not a boob job what? like they try to tell you it is. <laughs> what, explain to us what happened. What, what, what happens when a woman has to have um, breast implants after, you know, because breast, there's, a surgery that, so there's a scar of removing the breast. And then there's this right. to start that so you back up, right? And so when they go back right. in, are they going to make a whole new incision? 
or how does that happen? They go through this, the old incision. Yeah, they they just okay. go through the original one. Yeah, it's it um the the last surgery when I got my permanent implants it was very it was very quick. Um, it was it was not it wasn't bad at all. I mean, of course, you got to take some time off work because you just got to take time off work. But it was nothing like that mastectomy. That that mastectomy hurt more than the boobs. It, it hurt my sides, at my lymph node area, my back. Like everything was just in so much pain. And I, I think I only needed like Motrin and Tylenol. Like I didn't even need real medicine with the second surgery. It wasn't bad. So, but, maybe, but then maybe by that point, my pain tolerance was on another level. So. Bad to me and bad to somebody else. Just might be two different bads, and that's that's something I have to consider too. But that by the time I got my permanent implant, I was just like, "All right, I'm home." I go, that's what it. Was time, what was the most painful part of that though? Is it was when they put the spacers in to create the stretch the skin, or or is that the second part you're talking about? No, the most painful part was the mastectomy itself, like coming home from that mastectomy. That was, there's no, that pain is, is to date, that's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. It was, and then you have to talk, you have to manage that pain. Like, let's say you miss a pill, like you don't take your pain medicine, you will wake up, eat out of your sleep in, in pain. I definitely see the mastectomy itself as the worst, for sure. Um, nothing, nothing tops that. Open it. Sorry, my kids just told me something about the door. Um, yeah, the every even the expander part, that part is painful, but it still doesn't top the mastectomy pain. Okay. Now, before we talk about your intimacy and, and, and what that's like, we have a question from one of our Facebook listeners who um, his question is: Why is it more important? I mean, I'm sorry. Why is it more prevalent? And black women today than 25, 30 years ago. And I, I, I'm wondering if he's means prevalent in terms of the cancer itself or getting implants. Which one, Kevin? Can you clarify? He probably means cancer itself. Okay, well, we can start with that. <laughs> I must say, I want, you know, I wonder that too. I. I am seeing, especially now that I'm going to different events and I'm meeting different women that have gone through it, it is higher in our community. And I I don't know why. I, I To this, I'm still researching. I'm still trying to find out what it is. And it's also younger black women. It's getting younger and younger, too, on top of that. And I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that just yet. Now, we had, we had another woman who's going to be on the and what she carries the BRCA gene. So I know for that, Kevin, there is some something inside of these women that they're passing on generationally that is causing some of this to happen. Um, but she is too ill to participate um, today. Uh, we thought we had her in a cafe, but she, she's still um, going through treatment. Um, she actually calls herself the chemo coach, um, but she's having a bad time. Love that. Yeah, and I may need to bring her back at another time to tell her story. But outside of that, listeners, if you're out there and you can answer these questions as to why this is happening, we'd like to have your feedback. We'd like to have your input. So do do chime in. Now, you can call. You can dial in to chime in, and that's 347-855-8743. We still have a few more minutes on the show. So if you want to call in to give a response so that we can hear you on this platform, please do so. 347 8558743. Thanks, Kat, for that question. Appreciate that. All right, so we want to talk about the nitty-gritty, Dominic. So tell me, are you dating anyone? I am dating. um, (laughs) Dating after going through what I've been through, it's it's different because I feel like I don't have time to wait. I don't. I don't have time to like. I've fought to be here. I, you know, I don't want to fight for love. You know, and I, not that I don't believe in love. I love love. It's just I'm at a place where what I will allow in my circle and my space it has to be positive. 
And I don't always find that in men my age. <laughs> I don't always find. Um, say it again. How does that? Uh, I'm glad you said you don't want to fight. You want to fight for love. But um, how does um, how do you communicate your past to the guys? Is something you feel like you wait to do, or you know, is it like we're at dinner? Here's my boobs, you know. And how do you introduce that to? Oh, that's to my first date conversation. <laughs> it is. It is. Because I, it's hard to not, like, because of what I do online, like, because of all the, you know, things that I do, all the stuff that I say, the pictures, you kind of can't, you kind of can't keep it away. Like, I don't feel that I should because I don't believe that a man should keep his secrets. Like, I'm sure there's certain things he's not going to tell me on the first date, but those things that define him, those big character things are something that I should know right away. So I tell him I usually talk about it right away. I don't um I don't sugarcoat it. I explain how much my face needs to me and, and what I don't may not go like in depth, I'm not gonna go into all my secrets, but we're gonna touch on that. It's definitely gonna touch on like right away. Because this is something that a man will have to accept. My lifestyle is not normal, it's not like, you know, other women, it's not I'm I'm very open and out there with myself, and if he can't accept that, then we should just stop right here. Because <laughs> I'm not going to stop what I'm doing ever. What do you want people? Um, what do you want people to take from your story? How you so open with your breast cancer, and I'm just so open that literally you 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 are open. You are showing them the physical scars, and 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 making that decision to. Um, be nipless, you know, to, to, to have the breast there, not have a nipple, not have the view of normalcy, which is a lot, what a lot of women try to get back to um, connect with being feminine. You know, women, we want to be feminine and feel a certain kind of way, feel sexy and, and, and be desired and, and be viewed as, um, you know, from the outside as something that would be pleasing uh, to a man. So, so what is it that you want women, other uh, cancer advocates, uh, survivors, fighters, to get from seeing you and hearing your story? What do you want for them? I want them to understand that it's not over. It's not over, and it's specifically that because as soon as you get that diagnosis, almost all of the women that I talk to, including myself, the first thing they think about is I'm I'm going to die. That's the first thought that comes to your mind. And you, when you, especially when you're going through what you have to go through to get better, it doesn't feel like you're getting better. It literally feels like you're getting worse. And I just want them to know that it's all part of the fight and there's never been a war or a battle that's easy. And we don't get to pick how we fight. We don't get to pick, you know, oh, I want I just, I want a good day today. I want it to be an easy day today. It, it literally takes over a good part of your life, but it's not over. And if, if you believe in your heart that you will make it, you can make it. And we, there are women that don't make it. And I've met, met women that did not make it. And that's probably the hardest thing for me is to, you know, be there and, and give them hope and hope that I'm helping them get through and they don't get, you know, the desired result. But it's still a mindset thing. If you're going through it with life, you end it with life. And that's, life is so important. And I know myself, I took it for granted. I, I wasn't present in my life and I wasn't, I was always worried about what's next, what's following up now, what's in the future. And I, I hope that when, a woman goes to this and they see me, they do find that life. They do grasp that present moment because that's all that matters. That's what matters is the now. And there is life after. My biggest, that's my biggest message for anyone. And beauty, of course beauty. But without without life, you don't even get to see the beauty. You know what I mean? So I, I would want any woman to know that it's going to be okay. And it is life. And she's not alone. How, how, how do you get through your not okay days? How do you how do you make it when, when you have your, your tough days? 
like that. Well, on a day, if it's a not okay day, and the way that I am, I don't like to be like, I don't like to put negativity on people or like make other people have a bad day. I feel it. I like, I'll feel it 100%. So that means today is going to be a day that I got to cry. Today's going to be a day that I have to, you know, write. And today's going to be a day I got to spend by myself and, and get back on where I need to be. Then that's, that's okay. Um, but the way that I don't stay there is I challenge myself to get up and I challenge myself to remember a good thing about myself or about my life. Or if I'm not feeling like I'm not doing enough, I try to remember the things that I do. I make a list of things that I've done, positive things, positive things about myself. And I look at those lists and I look in the mirror and I recite those lists. And I just, I feel like it all starts and ends with me. So if I'm having a bad day, it's, I have to count on me to bring me back. And then when I find something that works for me, I share it with my girls too because you just never know who needs to hear that. I recently shared a video and I wasn't happy. I was actually crying and I was really upset. And I didn't want to share it with my followers. I'm trying to be like, you know, positive and push them to keep going. I'm like, I'm, I don't want them to know that I even cry. And I'm like, well, that's not me being honest. <laughs> that's not being, that's not fair. So I shared that it's okay not to be okay every day. It's it's okay to have a day where you need to, you know, get up. You don't we don't always start at the top, and that's okay. So, but I don't think that anyone should hold their feelings in. You gotta let that out, push it out. If you gotta just, if anyone can't handle you're not okay days, and that's just not a, you know that's that's a person that's not that you shouldn't have around when you're not okay. You should be able to feel because whether it's my children or my family, they know. I'm having a day. I'm having a day. <laughs> I'll be okay probably tomorrow. I might just be okay in a few hours. But for right now, this is me. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, the, the um, research says that one out of every four women will experience domestic violence. And I have two daughters myself, and now I have a niece who lives um, with me. So that's four women right there. It's been a while. And, and I like it's predicted that one of us was. And then I was thinking about thinking about my my next closest family member here in Atlanta is my sister in law who has a daughter and her social her her family circle is four of them, four women, and two of them have already had it. So a, a mother and daughter has already Experienced the daughter first, and the mother was her caregiver, and then a few years later, the mother experienced it. Um, last week, I had um, a girlfriend of mine. Um, for those who are following on Facebook, you know, I travel this circle called the FAFF. Several women in Atlanta have already had it. Um, one woman, uh, one of my other girlfriends out of Chicago, just recently diagnosed. So, this is happening. Um, Kevin raised a good question as to why, but it, it, it's happening. Um, some people believe that diet has a lot to do with it, you know, what we eat, what we put into our body. Some people believe that it's, it's genes that we inherit. But um, it, it is happening to more and more African-American women. So please, 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 if you believe that this information is, is helpful, please show hearts. Please post hearts on Facebook showing I'm just giving Dominique some love for being courageous enough to, to, to get out here and tell her story and, and, and to show her body as a presentation of art to encourage women that it is okay. It is okay to be who you are after you've been having these disfigurations with your breath. So please, please show her some heart, show her heart, share, share this live feed so that we can empower others women so we can get behind them and and support them. Dominique, um, can you share information about your blogging session so people can have that? Um, I'm going to type it up after the after show and I'm going to type it up on the Facebook Live feed so people can see that and also post some pictures and you please do that as well. But can you give them the name of your blog session and tell them how they can tune in to find you? Well, if you guys are on Instagram, I am Dom the Blogger. Pretty easy. 
And I am constantly, constantly, constantly um, sending reinforcement, sending inspiration, sending motivation. Um, please, please find me on there. If it's anything, whether you're a survivor or just having a hard time, I'm always open to, for messages. Or I'm, I'm very, very accessible. I'm Dominique Mitchell on Facebook, but Dom the Blogger on Instagram. That's, you'll find everything from Instagram for sure. And any any updates that I have, I I do mention it on my um, Instagram. She's now doing professional photos. Uh, so I have to have a professional model on the show. Um, remember, I saw her here. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Now, I got to remember, this is always yeah. going to be home now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I want you to come back and, and hang, out with, hang out with me in the cafe and talk about what else is happening in, in, in the world out there as it relates to breast cancer treatment. Um, uh, well, she's in, into the nippleness thing. So anything uh, regarding nipple information or um, reconstruction, uh, do come back and share it with, with me. And we, don't, we don't have to wait till October to, to recognize and oh, support sure. and uplift. And- For sure. I'll definitely um, keep you in mind. If I come to Atlanta, I'll definitely keep you in mind for that, too, because I have a lot of family there. So that is definitely a trip that I plan to take really soon. Well, I have enjoyed chatting with you all week long, and definitely today. And I've enjoyed meeting you. You have inspired me as as well. So I hope we serve you well on this platform, and, uh, and, and I really pray that, that you would help someone out there that's listening. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. It's my first radio show. So I'm really happy to have been on and uh, been able to talk and reach out to your followers. And we will definitely be linking up again soon. Anything else you want to say to them before we uh, exit the show? Oh, guys, please come to Donna Blogger on Instagram so I give you some laughs and loves and encouragement. That's all I got for you. I mean, I'm happy you guys listen. Um, reach out to me if you have questions, even past October, because breast cancer is a lifestyle. It's not just a month. And that's it. All right. Well, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you you being on the show. And you just hang out for one quick second. We don't hang out Facebook for a second, but I'm going to shut down Blog Talk Radio. So thank you all for tuning in. Have a great, great week. Just love this show, Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website coffeetalkwithsoy.com as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.